Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Fond Bone Broth. We are so excited to have her on today. Yes, it's a great episode where we cover things like being a busy mompreneur and how to manage all of the various stressors, knowing your limits and when to ask for help, as well as, of course, the benefits and beauty of bone broth, the research and development that went behind launching a at-home product to a major retail item, and so much more. We know that this is going to be a great episode, so clip on your headphones, go for a beautiful walk outside. You don't have to make take notes during this one, but it's going to be a really good one that I think resonates and has some aha moments for all listeners. Yes. Okay, before we bring Elisa on, let's just update listeners. So we've got two days until the launch of our Beat the Bloat program. If you're listening to this live, this new program launches April 6th. That's this Wednesday. If you're listening on the Monday that this comes out. Yes. So it will be three live classes, April 6th, 27th, and then also May 18th. And during this time frame, we will be doing the six-week Beat the Bloat program live with you all. So the Beat the Bloat program is designed for a way for you to address dysbiosis, bloating, really ensure that you're resetting your gut health. So really relevant with the conversation that we're talking about today uh, and beyond. And if you're dealing with anything from skin conditions like acne or dermatitis, any immune conditions like a susceptible immune system that you got sick all of the time in these last couple years, or that you have an autoimmune condition or any form of digestive disturbance, the Beat the Bloat Cleanse is really essential for you. And then even beyond digestive health elements and autoimmunity and immune health, we're looking at this being a really excellent uh, program for anyone looking for fertility, uh, dealing with hormonal imbalance, because we know there is a very serious connection between the microbiome and our hormones. Anyone dealing with stubborn weight loss um, or metabolic health issues or really intense like sugar cravings. I think this could be a really fantastic reset for those individuals as well. Yes. So the whole premise of the Beat the Bullet Cleanse is to really plow the gut or cleanse the microbiome using our Beat the Bloat bundle, which includes our berberine boost and our herbal immune as the main regulators or plowers, if you will. And then also in there is our GI cleanup and ultimate detox to ensure that we're getting at the biofilms of the dysbiosis and then we're facilitating the release of the die-off from that process. So we're both cleaning up after the plow and then the following protocol is to reseed good gut flora. The beauty of doing the Beat the Bloat Live program is during a six-week cleanse, there can often be a lot of troubleshooting and or issues that arise that would really be helpful to have access to Becky and myself. So if you participate in this program, it's only $65 for the three hour plus long classes plus seven weeks access to our Slack channel, which is off of social media, access to members only, where Becky and I will be the direct moderators, giving you information, feedback, adjusting your supplement strategy, supporting you with which labs you may need to consider, and so much more. Yes, we cannot wait for you to join us. You can go on over to AllieMillerRD.com and find Beat the Blow under books and programs. And by the way, you'll also get included within this program um, access to our most up-to-date Beat the Bloat ebook, which is valued at $9.99. And um, you'll get exclusive discounts on the MRT inflammatory food panel and our three-day stool test. So if you've always wanted to take advantage of one or both of those, 
that will be included in your program as a discount code as well. Yes. So even if you've already done the Beat the Bloat Cleanse, but you want some support and elevated guidance, or if you've been Beat the Bloat Cleanse curious and want to know if this is a good tool for you, everyone can benefit from a reset of the microbiome and ensuring that their gut flora is working for them. So we hope you'll join us in this program and we can't wait to jump off this week. All right, let's talk about KetoCon real quick because we just found out Elisa's going to be there and we're going to be there. And that's where we met her. So very synergistic. And KetoCon is today's sponsor for the Naturally Nourished podcast. I am super excited to share that I will be speaking again. This will be my fourth year speaking at KetoCon in Austin, Texas. This will take place on July 8th through the 10th. And it's in person at the Palmer Event Center. So this is going to be the largest event in the country focused solely on the science and the stories of living a ketogenic diet and lifestyle. There will be 50 plus speakers, which is a combination of medical professionals, researchers, bloggers, tech developers, fitness experts, and then just everyday people who have used the ketogenic diet and lifestyle to support their health. And that's a big thing that I would emphasize is that this conference is both very uh, informationally dense, also very vibrant and lively, and such a connected community. There really isn't a lot of ego here. You'll actually get, get to like engage with the keynote speakers that you've probably listened to on their Instagram or on their podcast and so much more. I know Becky and I give like a thousand hugs over this weekend period of time and we are ready to rock and can't wait to do it again there's also a lot of different food vendors they have over 250 vendors coming so you get to try all of the samples and pull all sorts of um, sample products into your little swag bags that you get and it's just such an awesome weekend three days of non-stop motivation inspiration learning networking with new friends and um, really staying inspired to use fat as fuel and to continue to use the ketogenic lifestyle as a way to support optimal health. We hope you will join us this summer. Can't wait to meet you all. You can learn more and get discounted tickets at ketocon.org. That's K-E-T-O-C-O-N dot O-R-G. And you can use the discount code NOURISHED10, NOURISHED10 at checkout, and you will save 10% on a three-day general admission pass. So go on over to ketocon.org, use Nourish 10, and we'll see you there. Everyone's going to be totally on fire after like two years off, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to be doing (laughs) cartwheels and handstands. And like I said, probably a thousand hugs. It's going to be great. All right. I'm going to go ahead and read Elisa's bio, and then we'll bring her on the show. Fond Bone Broth was born from a mother's search for healing, easy-to-digest nourishment to soothe her chronic health issues. Based in San Antonio, Texas, the female-founded, female-led company makes ready-to-sip organic chicken and beef bone broth tonics that combine pasture-raised bones with fresh herbs and botanicals to nourish the body and delight the palate. Named for the French term for foundation, Fond is the first and only bone broth to combine a flavor-forward and nutritionally functional approach to create a food to create food as medicine tonics with ingredients that work synergistically to support good health. Elisa Sealand is the founder and CEO of Fond Bone Broth. She lives at the intersection of good tasting and good for you and is the mama to five growing boys. Hey, Elisa, welcome to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Thank you, Allie and Becky. I'm so excited to be here. I um, have been a fan of the podcast for a long time. Oh, I love it. I love it. And we actually met you at KetoCon back in 2019. And I totally fell in love with your broth as well as your mission and the story of your business. And it was cool meeting you and knowing that you knew of Becky and I and Naturally Nourished. Uh, So it's been a really fun partnership. Of course, all of our listeners are familiar with Fond Bone Broth because we talk about you all (laughs) the time (laughs) as a podcast sponsor and also as just one of our favorite staples in our household. Um, So before we get into your business, I really want you to share with our listeners how bone broth became a part of your food as medicine journey. And maybe let's just kick off with your health journey in general. Yes. So I was not a very healthy kiddo and my story just is, I hope is so empowering for people who feel like, man, I'm, I just wouldn't consider myself a healthy person. I do now. And bone broth is, is integral to that journey. So I was told I would never have kids when I finally did get pregnant. Um, I was told I wouldn't keep my 
first baby to term because I was so malnourished. And after I did have him, so very resilient, very proud of my body for doing that. I had emergency um, appendectomy. And during the post-op, the doctor said, Hey, you know, your gallbladder is not looking great. Let's just go ahead and get you scheduled for another procedure, you know, in like three to six months. And I, it was just like soul crushing for me. I was just like, I'm 23. There's no reason at this point in my life, you know, that would have been my third surgery. Goodness. Um, and I just thought that is not going to be the trajectory of my life. And so I really had to take it into my own hands. One of the most discouraging things was I kept a food log. Um, so I kept a food log and my doctor was like, you are one of the healthiest people you're eating all the right things. But the problem was the absorption. I could not gain any of the nutrients from the good food I was eating. And I just felt like there was no help for me in traditional medicine, right? People were willing to medicate my symptoms, but I didn't want to medicate my symptoms. I wanted sure. to heal. And so I found, um, out about bone broth. I mean, a, a, a food staple that spans cultures and centuries, but is missing from most of our diets. And even if, you know, it's become more of a, a thing to incorporate now, which I love um, back in 2013, no one was even making it right commercially, very few people. And so I started making it myself, you know, went down to the farmer's market, used the feet, backs and the necks and went on a five week bone broth diet. And when I woke up, I felt better than I had in my entire life. I mean, I was just like, it was this awakening. It was, I was clear headed. I was going to the bathroom regularly. I mean, it was just a complete change, right. From, um, the, the other years of my life. And so I, when you have an experience like that, you share it. And so I was telling all of my friends, my parents, my sisters, you have to drink bone broth. You have to be drinking bone broth. Anytime someone told me about an egg in pain, I was like, you have to be drinking bone broth. And I heard two responses. Hey, look, it's hard for me to find the ingredients, right? And once I make it, it smells up my entire house. It doesn't even taste good. And so I thought, well, that's not my experience. And what I had been doing is very just naturally and intuitively going with my gut. And if I was struggling with inflammation, I would put turmeric and cracked pepper into the bone broth, right? And so our liquid light flavor was born. If I needed help with immunity, I did you know, shiitake and sage, right. For kind of the memory enhancing properties of that. And then, you know, wanted to have more beets and, and help with recovery, but I didn't like the taste. And so I put that into a bone broth. And so bone broth really became a vehicle for me to gain all these different benefits of these different foods. And we can go into like why, if we want to, but, you know, shiitake is being water soluble. It turned out to be a really great way for me yeah. to get those nutrients. And so, um, I decided to bring these little jars of healing to the farmer's market in 2015. Uh, we launched at the New Braunfels farmer's market and I will never forget the look on people's face when they tried it for the first time, just surprised how good something that was like, quote unquote, good for you could actually taste. And which flavors did you, did you launch with? What was your first? Yeah. So foray? I launched with the core five. So youth tonic, which is a shiitake shallot sage. Um, liquid light, which is the turmeric cracked pepper and thyme, um, inside job, which is now called mothers, which is the fennel apple cider vinegar and bay leaf. And then trolley dodger, which is now called spring clean. So it was lemon, garlic, radish, and lemon, garlic, radish, and onion. Love and that. then, yes, yeah, so that one's a good one. And then the spur is the beet poblano and serrano. And so I really launched with the core five and then added from there. I love it. And we're very familiar, I think, with all five of those as are most of our listeners. <laughs> um, maybe let's talk about um, a little bit about R&D and then we'll circle back on some of the, the health journey stuff. But um, so you did this essentially five-week bone broth fast that kind of kicked things off, ignited this passion. Um, what did it look like to go from, you know, making it in your own kitchen to the R&D of figuring out, you know, your core five flavors, were you using oh. scorecards or <laughs> taste testers yeah. or, or yeah, what, no. was, what was the process and how long did it take? Yeah, it's such a great question. So we, um, my husband really came in and helped me to get the recipes to be operationally sound. So I was making them to taste every single time for the first yeah. year. And he was like, it, takes you anywhere from 20 minutes to like 
45 minutes to just get the flavor right. And so he really helped me get them to a place where it was like, okay, this is the exact pounds I'm using every time. And then, you know, we would finish it from there. And so the finishing process took anywhere from like five to 10 minutes, which by the way, we still do, you know, today, because each vegetable and herb like tastes a little different, right? So it needs to be, um, needs to be kind of, but we have, we established what we called to your point, Becky, you know, the green zone. Um, So there would be, you know, times when like, and especially when you're buying produce seasonally, you know, the beets would be, uh, have more water content than other times. And so we, there was this really interesting, we learned a lot about, um, produce and the varying, you know, when you're buying so much of it consistently. Um, so what we started doing is buying bulk ingredients at certain times of the year, right. And then kind of being able to get the benefit of produce at peak of season um, throughout the rest of the year. And so, you know, we learned a lot about how to get these um, to a place where, you know, they were consistent and it didn't take us two hours to get there every time, but um, it's a lot to learn. And what's really interesting too, is it doesn't necessarily, like if you're going from making 25 pounds of bone broth, you know, a day to making 50, you don't necessarily need to just multiply every ingredient by two. We right? find it's that out all the more, time when yeah. we make mistakes yeah. with retreats, we retreat coming up and we're like, Oh, this is for 30 people. Do we just do this times six? And Nope. Doesn't work out that way. <laughs> yeah. So it's really interesting. Right. And so you kind of have to, there's a lot of research and development that goes into when we like level up our, um, our, just our, our quantity, like the kettles that we're cooking in. Like we, you know, recently went from like 200 gallon to 600 gallon and, you, you don't start from scratch every time, but you definitely are starting from, okay, how do we continue to get the fond, right? The fond experience out of every time that you level up. And it's interesting, every small change in a recipe takes about three or four, I mean, pretty, pretty consistently three or four times to, to nail it. Um, so it's just, you know, it's just something we've learned. It's, it's so interesting how intentional every step of the process is and how it still needs to stay that way, even as we as we've grown. Yeah, what we love about Fond is we always say like it's like a sous chef in a jar. It's yes. so <laughs> enjoyable to not just sip on. I also tell people it's like a replacement for your afternoon latte and yeah. so much more, of course, therapeutic. Not going to mess with your adrenals. You know, has all of the benefit of the facelift for your gut, all the stuff, and it's as indulgent. Like you feel like you're truly mm. indulging when you sip on it. Um, you know, like a mocktail or again a, a, a latte or a health elixir. And then as a sous chef element, it's like to just throw that on greens to braise. It's like look at all this stuff I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know elevated I know, flavor. Yeah. <laughs> Love I it. love it. Yeah. That's, that's so true. You get like, especially with spring clean, which is my favorite one to cook with. It's yeah. like you did all this work in the prep, but it's, it's your sous chef did it for you. Yes. Love it. Well, before we get too much into flavor profiles and how to incorporate broth into your daily life, I want to hear a little bit more, like from your perspective, when you were advocating that everyone needs to be drinking bone broth and, you know, we've shared with our audience, the millions of reasons why we find it a food is medicine staple. I would love to hear like your, you know, speaking points or compelling elements of, you know, I heard from you that you said digestive health improved and bowel regularity, but what are kind of like the one, two, three food is medicine elements of bone broth that you share with others or that you've experienced? Yeah. I mean, I think right off the bat, you know, just because it's very timely Allie, but we have so many, um, transitioning vegans come to us, Mm -hmm. um, because of their teeth and their hair and their nails. So when you have a product that is collagen rich, right, which is the first point I'll talk to about, um, it, it really makes a difference. And people think, you know, really, does it, does it have an impact? And we've had hilarious stories from a customer who already went through menopause saying the worst part about drinking your bone broth is the hair grew back on my legs. Right. To (laughs) like, I'm not kidding you, powerful stories of people who are going through chemo and they're seeing their hair grow and they're like, what, you know, and they, they, they're, they're shocked and they cannot believe it to, you know, just mom's postpartum when you have that 
four to five month hormonal shift and you shed half your hair and it can be just such a discouraging time. And for mom saying, Hey, I know I, I did not lose, you know, half of my hair this time or so it's good for those crisis seasons. Right. But then collagen is just excellent for, you know, maintaining youthful skin and joint health, right? I mean, there's what I love about this product is we had, you know, a customer just this last week tell me, Hey, I'm, I'm, I drink a jar a day and I've been in remission from lupus and doctors did not know how to help me. So what I love about it is the body, um, the body wants to heal. It knows how to heal. And a lot of times it is getting out of the way. At least that was a, certainly my story with Lyme disease and over caffeinating and getting to this terrible health crisis. So keeping on point, you know, going to the, the collagen rich benefits for joint hair, teeth, skin, nails, that remineralization. Um, people don't talk about this a lot, but for me, it was super helpful with the anxiety. So if we, we tested Fawn's amino acid profile and it's really high in glycine specifically. Um, what I love about that is, you know, the blood sugar reg- regulation, um, especially if you're having carbs first thing in the morning, you can really kind of spin off your anxiety, um, and just start from a place of really a more frenetic energy than like a calm protein energy or, you know, and so Fonda is rich in protein, but also has a great amino acid profile that glycine, um, actually goes through the you know blood brain barrier and, and can be super impactful to just have a really nice calming effect. Um, especially for someone who the elevator is always used to going to the top floor, right? Yeah. I've got every fire to, yeah. to put out. It helps to produce GABA, which is that master inhibitory mellow or outer in the brain for sure. Yeah. So we often yeah, have people so, like sip it at night before bed mm-hmm, to kind of wind down as mm-hmm. a, a really nice nightcap for that mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. It's great for that. I've got kind of a DNA glitch in my DNA where I, I don't make tryptophan as well. Um, and so, or I don't know how to use it. And, and so I love drinking the bone broth at night for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, also supplement with it, of course, but I, you know, I've, I've noticed that's huge. And so it's, it's the amino acid profile, which I don't feel like is talked about enough with bone, bone broth, because it's, it's definitely the collagen and the protein, but it's the rich amino acid profile for that anxiety, for that stress. And then the third thing, um, which I've already talked about so much, right. With like joint health as well in there, but I think is the, um, people have a lot more energy and I have a theory about that. And so the energy it's sustained energy um, from the protein in it. I like to add a little bit of coconut milk into mine. So I'm getting the fat as well, kind of like a bone broth 2.0. I know you guys recommend that as well in the fast, um, Mm -hmm. for a couple of them, but people will be surprised. You know, I know it's hard to not, I call it the change up cup. So in the afternoon, it's really hard not to have that second latte, especially if you're used to it. This is coming from someone who is a total caffeine junkie. I lived off of it for years. And the energy difference is so different. I mean, I feel like the Energizer Bunny right now. I can just keep going. I have great stamina, even being six months postpartum. And I really credit that to the bone broth giving a really nice sustained energy instead of one, right, that kind of peaks and then really falls off. So those would be my top three. Amazing. I love it. Um, You mentioned your Lyme's diagnosis. I want to ask you about that. Um, so obviously what, what brought you here was the, you know, appendix removal, you were able yeah. to keep your gallbladder. It yeah. sounds like yeah. after doing that bone broth <laughs> fast, um, and then you got hit with Lyme quite a bit later. So that was more recent. Um, tell us a little bit about that journey. And, um, was this another instance where you had to kind of push back against, um, the information you were getting or, or push for a diagnosis, like, Hey, something's wrong. Um, what was that experience like as, as maybe a patient perspective and what interventions in terms of, you know, things that you did, do you feel like supported your now remissive state? Yeah. So this, this is hard because I feel like so many people have the same experience I did. There's a, there's like a comic online and it's a person whose hand is barely above water and they keep asking their doctor, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. And their doctor keeps saying, well, your lab tests are normal. And every time the response, the hand eventually ends up underwater. 
And that was very much me. And it was so, it makes me very angry actually, because every time I would tell him, so I was having blackout panic attacks. The version of Lyme's that I had was very much so neurological. So I would have panic attacks where I'm, I'm chilling out with my children. I'm in an actually very calm state. And all of a sudden I would have a Lyme flare and my, my husband would be calling the ambulance because I would black out. I was unresponsive. Um, happened once while I was driving. So I couldn't drive for a two-year period just because I, yeah, I mean, it was very scary. So when this is happening, they literally gave me a Xanax prescription and he was like, you're just stressed out, which was not untrue, but (laughs) it was not the, the root cause. Right. I think, and that's where we kind of get to I had had um, a miscarriage and I had a lot of blood loss and it triggered the Lyme disease. And so that was just my trigger. And I, yes, I was in a state of deep stress from not, again, from being fueled by caffeine running my company, um, of course, with the bone broth as well. But for me, it was just, it became something that um, I relied on too much. I also have like an interesting side comment about I love the keto diet for me at the time, it made my anxiety worse. It enhanced my flight or fight response and the intermittent fasting. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was something I had to back off of for a little bit. Right. And so, um, when I had the Lyme disease diagnosis, it made so much sense. And I actually used a, um, a company called root cause revolution. They did a DNA test. That's what they, they found They They can't formally make the, the diagnosis, but an MD did later, you know, formally diagnose the Lyme, even though we knew it was going on. Um, and that was revolutionary. I went on a protocol for a year, you know, it wasn't a five week process, right. <laughs> this time, um, went on a protocol for a year. And what I love about the body, and I was a part of this Lyme disease support group. And they would always say, you know, the body needs, one year of healing for every five years of being sick. And, you know, I've heard one, five, one, 10, you know, um, but, but regardless, if we give our body a break in the space to heal, amazing things can happen in that time. And that was the case for me. Um, I dealt with Lyme disease um, for a period of three years. It was really, really hard. And I've been in remission for a year and I learned so much about my body. I learned so much about my stress response. I learned guys, I learned that I had not processed the emergency surgery when I was five and I would wake up with panic attacks in the, in the, I was in the emergency room, um, as a 30 year old, I'm, I'm, you know, trapped in this room as a, and that was when we were doing herbs to address the liver, which processes anger, right. And so it was so interesting how my body was bringing up stuff I had not dealt with in the past. I just had developed so much just love and respect for our bodies and what they carry. And it really became so important to give space for that. And so I also cut out all inflammatory foods, right? So no eggs, oats, almonds, um, nothing that showed up on my DNA test. And I had a really healthy perspective where I told myself for now right? You can't have eggs. You can't have wheat. You can't have dairy. You can't have this for now. Right. And so I, I just approached it from a point of assuring myself, even from an emotional perspective, you will heal and it will be okay. And what was so cool is I'm really low on the EDS spectrum. So the ELO Danlers, but that's a connective tissue disorder. And so it's no surprise that, you know, bone broth shows up for me again And I am, you know, I'm at the point now where I still, as a maintenance, as a maintenance, I drink a jar a day. If I feel like I'm going into toxicity, I'll just really pull it back. And and it's all I will drink again with coconut milk or pureed veggies for a couple of days. And, um, but you know, I've been in remission for a year and what, what people don't talk about with Lyme disease as much, although it's coming now is, you know, I was anorexic during one of my pregnancies because of Bartonella, which is a co-infection. So the trauma my body had through that experience was really hard. And I had so much guilt from that because, you know, my son was okay, but like anytime he had a, an issue, I was like, is it because I didn't eat? Is it because I was anorexic? Right. And this mom shame. And so to just give it a name and say, this is why I responded this way. And there it's okay. He's okay. And I can forgive myself that Mm -hmm. that happened. And you know, we can move on and we can share, he and I can share a cup of bone broth 
in this very healing experience, right? He's going to be four now this year. And it's just so beautiful. You guys, I mean, I can't even, you know, I was, I was actually shocked that bone broth showed up again because, um, you, you know, when you are dealing with Lyme and any sort of inflammatory issue, heavy metals are a concern. And so we had our bone broth tested. If I'm drinking it this much, I do not want to be dealing with heavy metals and, you know, it does not have lead, cadmium, arsenic, mercury. Um, so I felt comfortable doing it still, but I really wanted to make sure, and it, it was huge in the healing process. And so one of the things that, but when I talk about the depression, the suit, you know, people don't like to talk about that because as a mom, they feel really guilty mm-hmm. um, for those feelings. And for me, it was a, it was a chemical imbalance that I did not need to have shame about. And you know what? Pharmaceuticals did not work, which was also hard, but I was thankful in a way, but like, I, and if you do it for a time to get to a place, I think that is totally okay but I had an adrenal response to Zoloft and Xanax did nothing for me. It didn't, I mean, I couldn't even tell that I had taken it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's one of those things where I just happen to be a person where traditional medicine also just doesn't work for me from a practical standpoint. I mean, mo- the amount of people who've had an adrenal response to Zoloft is very, very small. I happen to be one of those people. So I've also been forced in a way to find um, <laughs> alternative methods, right? Sure. And I think that that's kind of one of the overarching themes of this and it resonates probably with a lot of mamas, both the idea of the importance of working with the body to feel safe. I know you didn't use that in those words, but I'm kind of, that's kind of like Mm. what I'm pulling from this of like, you know, going back to that five-year-old you and finding a way to actually listen to the parts of us that are our own root causes, whether that was historical trauma, whether Mm. that is a root cause of genetics, whether that is a root cause of environment, um, you name it. And, And I think all too often we get pushed in these corners of, like you said, the hand on the water of it's all in your head. It's fine. If this doesn't work, this works for everyone. This is the solution. And if the solution doesn't work for you, you must have a different problem. Oh. <laughs> um, and that's where it's really important. And I think a lot of our listeners have done that work of really working with our own gut instinct and, and knowing that knowingness, that internal knowingness of when things don't align um, how from the root up a really big, important pillar of that is, is feeling safe and giving grace, mm. um, grace within our own healing process, grace within what we're giving up. Um, and, and some of that release, which I think is really huge. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, I love the way you said that feeling safe, feeling space to be safe. I think there was an added element in here that, you know, when you compound the health issues with the stress of running your own business, which I know both of you can relate to like our, you know, making sure that we can pay our people and making sure our numbers yeah. are up. And, um, and so one of the things that was good about that was the accountability to say, I cannot run a wellness company and not practice what I preach. Yeah. Right. I can, I cannot. And so really making space and boundaries and that's why we made the decision to hire our COO in 2020 was no, I am not going to be everything to everyone and setting. So what's cool is out of this place of safety, you kind of are able to recognize your boundaries and you don't want to go back to the unsafe place and it can motivate really important. And this can be applied even to, you know, as moms not signing up for every activity for our kids. And we can feel really bad about that, but figuring out the things that are important for them to do then and are, and we're not just doing because right the joneses are and so there's a lot there's been a lot of practical practical applications for me outside of fun but what was so cool about it was just this accountability right i almost had like a, an accountability to myself to our customers to my children to my family if i'm prioritizing wellness i need to be creating these boundaries so that and and would help what ended up happening is I was able to help other people do that as well. Cause people always say, well, you must be like superwoman. You have five kids and you homeschool them and you run your own business. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not the one that's doing right. all of the, uh, by any means, all of those things, you know, I have an amazing team and amazing partner and my husband who stays home with the kids. And it's, it's just, so I think that's also the expectations that we put on ourselves from seeing other people's lives. You know, I just want, every mama to hear on this podcast, like you are doing an amazing job. I don't think we give ourselves enough credit. 
You just hit on one of our big <laughs> questions for you, which was how do you manage it all with five kids? And as a mompreneur, you just had another baby pretty recently. You said like six months or so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, how I guess um have you realized like when you've gone too far or overextended yourself, what are your go-to resets like when you're under excessive stress or or how do you know when uh, too much is too much. And it's, it's time to ask for help. Yeah. So my answer to how do I do it all is, well, I certainly don't do it alone. Um, and I think that is really cool that, you know, sickness can be isolating. Um, and so even moving can be, and often, you know, you just don't feel like other people are going through what you're going through. I chose to share, um, with my family and with my friends and with my employees. I don't know that every, you know, mom boss feels comfortable doing that with their employees, but I chose to share it. So they understood, Hey, you know, if there's a day that I can't show up, it's not because I don't want to be here. It's because I actually am dealing, you know, with Lyme disease and it's really hard. And so it was an invitation into empathy for my staff for sure. Um, but then it was also cool for them to see me grow beyond it into this place of health. Um, you asked how I, you know, notice when I'm in stress, I have stopped allowing myself to get into situations that are stressful so that when the stressful situations come to me, it's not like, I mean, I, I just felt like everything was crashing down. And that is not true, but that's how it feels when you're operating from a place of stress mm -hmm. and then stressful situations come in. So, you know, we did a lot of work restructuring um, where our kids go to school, what we eat, where we lived. Um, I mean, we did a whole life revamp to say, okay, you know, we're adding a new member of our family this year how do we minimize stress? And for us, that was moving closer to our kids' school, right? Did we do that forever? No, but you know, we did it for a year and now we're transitioning to another place that we feel is better for our family. So I think it's being flexible to have boundaries and to have needs. One thing I would encourage moms to do, because I had to do this, was to say your need out loud. You'll be surprised how many people want to help you and they just don't know. They can't read your mind. Um, I, you know, when I told my husband, Hey, I, if you want to homeschool the kids, that's awesome. I feel this guilt to do this because it's your expectation, but it's actually not what I'm good at. I was shocked that he was like, that's great. I feel like I can do it. What? Like I was, yeah. I was, but I, if I hadn't said that and just been resentful, I think there's a part where you need to voice, you need to know your boundaries. You need to voice it. Um, for me, it's, you know, as much as I love gluten items, that is not something I can have. And so I will say yes, occasionally and let my body have that treat, but it's also knowing my boundaries from a nutritional perspective to say, Hey, you know, you're still healing and you don't want to go back into that, to that state. My adrenal fatigue has, has almost fully healed. My markers are really good, but at the same time, I don't want to go back to that state. So, you know, I've had to make boundaries with myself and what I eat as well. Um, and then, you know, there's a, there's a part where I'm sure you two have to deal with this. You have to walk away from the work and trust that it will still be there tomorrow for you to do. And it is, but it always, you know, getting just into new mindsets. Like I do not have to do everything today. I don't ever going to get to the bottom of that pile. It keeps yes. piling. <laughs> yes. And just being okay with that and operating from a totally different framework of, I mean, there's a lot of things that I was just like, why did I feel like all this had to be done in such a short time frame? You know, yeah. I mean, it was so cool to move out of that state and then to just really go back. And what I would encourage you to, you, you mentioned being gracious, Allie, I ask people to be curious, don't be judgmental, but just ask yourself, why, why is that such a big deal for me? Or why am I so scared of that? Or why am I stressed out about this? And really kind of taking the time to pull back the layers. I'm a big meditator and people are like, wow, how do you have the time to do that? And I'm like, sometimes it's only five minutes a day, but that reset is so important just to that, that mental awareness on 
just being curious about why it can really reset kind of a negative, a negative spiral. And um, it helps you be curious about that with other people. I love being a boss. I love my team and I love just helping them to be curious about themselves too, you know, and uh, we work really hard at Fond. We have a well hour every day where people go outside in the sun or they, you know, so as we are growing really fast, we also have to layer these in, right? right? So I layer it in for my kids. I layer it in for my team. You have a well hour every day, do something for you, go get acupuncture, <laughs> go to the chiropractor, whatever it is. Um, and we have a wellness stipend, you know, every month that we give them money to take, you know, it's not a lot, but it's a stipend to go take care of themselves, go do that thing, go see that functional doctor you've been wanting to see, um, to just make space for it and, and, and they have to use it to get the reimbursement, but it's a cool thing, right. To give them the, the, ex no excuses, right? right. Like you go and do this. And so it's been something that's also informed how, how we've built fond culture wise as well. I love that. Um, before we move out from like the business growth and that piece of things, um, were, were there any times that you went with your gut against recommendations of, I don't know, investors or team members or other leads or industry or um, on the other end of the spectrum, were there oopses along the way where you didn't listen to your gut and you wish you would have in scenarios at times of growth or any, any kind of shares in that space? Yeah. So one that comes to mind easily when we, as some of y'all know, we are in HEB, which is a major retailer in Texas. And they were, they pushed us so hard to launch the product at $6.99. And it was really against everything that I believed in because it's a super high quality product. Our profit margins were terrible. They told us ours are as well. And so I told them, um, no, I'm not going to do it we have to do it at 8.99 and we had tried it at a stint for for 6.99 and it was so cool because when we bumped up the price to 8.99 the product sold better and now they are bringing in an additional five SKUs to support fond on shelf so there will actually be seven of our 12 flavors in HEB so that was really really cool i think it's also leading you know just just like our friends at force of nature, Hey, like, we're not going to treat this like it's not worth anything and it is worth things. There are real costs that go into shipping a product in glass. Right. Right. Um, and you know, so that was really cool to be able to, you know, respectfully, obviously, but say, I, I just don't agree with you here. And then for that to, to be a good decision and one that, um, now they're in turn supporting two years later by bringing in more more of our product. Um, one thing, you know, that I think there's, there's been so many oopses and I think a lot of it has been in just not knowing if I could trust myself in my role yet. Um, you know, I think because I've grown with the company, there's always been a couple of times and I'm just being really vulnerable here. Like, am I still the right person for the job? Sure. And I've had to keep asking that. And, and I keep being proven. Yes, it is. But, you know, I mean, it's something that I definitely still ask. And one of the things that, you know, we brought on an investor early, early on and, um, our lead investor is awesome and just a super committed person to the product, but, you know, our lead investor or our earliest investor was really a thorn in our side. And it was, it was a very difficult relationship. And I will never forget when we went to the lawyer to sign the papers and some of these true colors started showing. And I was like, Oh, I just don't feel like I can back out now. And you can always back out. You know, I mean, if your gut always follow yeah. your gut, we have learned that time and time again in smaller situations, but I mean, it was really hard and we eventually had to buy that initial investor out. Right. Um, because you know, they just caused so many problems within the company, but that was a time where I, I still, you know, will drive past our law office sometimes and be like, yep, that, that was a, that was a detour, you know, and thankfully it wasn't one that, that tanked the company, but for sure, sure those happen. Um, and so now I have this rule that I will never do something for someone that I will have to apologize to myself for later. Um, I love I think, that. Yeah. You just, 
and, you know, have the same role with my kids. I'm not going to do something for someone else that I will apologize to my kids to later, because I just, I feel like there's boundaries and you, you know, there are precious things that you can lose if you don't listen to your gut. That's a good one. I think I need to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was like, maybe that's yep. the, the quote of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so many learnings along the way. What about, um, in the world of just sourcing, I'm sure that's also an area where time and time again, you've had to like put your foot down of like, this is how we do it. Um, integrity, integrity Mm -hmm. and, and ingredient sourcing, even though you could get things cheaper somewhere else, or it might be easier to go with the big box produce versus the local produce that has so much variation. But you mentioned earlier, like the heavy, heavy metal testing and, um, you know, that being a, a component of bones, if not well sourced, we've seen that with like collagen companies coming up mm. in, in their testing. Um, but let's just talk about your work with regenerative agriculture support and ingredient sourcing and how you've grown relationships with, you know, growers and ranchers, and maybe even some, some tips for listeners on becoming a locavore. Yeah. So I, um, it's always the long play. So fond is definitely not the biggest player in the bone broth category. And there's a reason for that. We could not source the way we wanted to. Um, We had to match our sourcing with our growth. And so we've always been growing, but as you've seen in the last, you know, two years, the sourcing has really caught up with what we are able to do. And what's so beautiful about that, Becky, is I started, you know, we, um, source our chicken from greener pastures. They're a regenerative organic certified um, farm and they have a farm in Elgin and in Arkansas. So Elgin, Texas, just North of Austin. And the first time I went to his farm was in 2019. <laughs> like <laughs> I, you just find people who are doing things that you love and that you want to support. And, you know, Cameron and Tara and I, um, have been working together on a path to use his chicken for our bone broth, um, you know, by the truckload, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about now and not by, you know, the 40 pound box, like we used to source at the farmer's market. Sure. And what's so cool about that is, you know, we've both come to this moment and we've, we've, I mean, we've worked closely with him since 2019 to find a path to work together. And I just told Tara the other day, I was like, we have to stop and celebrate this. We have to stop and celebrate that this actually happened, that we were able to do it. And so we're that intentional. I mean, like the best thing we got out of Expo West, um, sure, we loved conversations with retailers and yes, we love meeting customers, but for us, the most energizing thing was the suppliers we got to connect with. And so we're, we're always looking for them. We're finding ways for like, a lot of customers don't know, but there's a difference between a meat bird and a laying hen and laying hens when they are retired and like when they cannot produce eggs anymore, um, are often thrown away. And that is, I mean, these are, these are chickens that are eating organic, non-GMO supplemental soy-free feed, in addition to obviously foraging all the time. And um, because of the, the sourcing that we have, the pastures and, and they are throwing them away and it's like, what? And so finding also these larger productions to say, hey, we can use those and getting those sent to our processing plant, right? It's not ours, but the, our partner one so that we can use those birds and that they're the, this wonderful, beautiful, organic, you know, fertilizing the ground, like role that they play can even be honored even further by, you know, them going into the bone broth. And so, um, we are finding a lot of cool um, avenues with our sourcing by using laying hens as well. Um, but you know, our desire in this space has winning for us is by being the best bone broth that we can buy, not by being the fastest growing, although last year we were, or by being, you know, the one that has had the most rocket trajectory. There's like a nobility for us in doing it well. And everyone on team is that way, even our investors. And what has been so cool when our investor approached us initially, it took me 90 days to say, okay, yes, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I know I want to work with you because 
they have a profound impact too. I mean, just like your team does, your investment team has a profound impact on how you source. And so every one of our investors early conversations is, Hey, you know, do you care about this world and how we leave it? How important is regenerative agriculture to you? So, you know, Becky, it's been taking the long view. It's been um, sometimes, you know, I think there was a year when we had to do um, pasture raised chicken that spent the winter inside, right? Because we were sourcing from up north and it got snowy. And so, you know, some customers were upset about that and I totally got it. It was also the best that we could find at the time. So we were being true to, you know, pasture raised partially inside. Um, but it's been awesome for that to catch up to where now that's not an issue at all. And, you know, we're able to fully source regeneratively. Um, we will, you know, be making an, a formal announcement about um, some cool products that we're launching since we've been able to do that. Very cool. And I think, you know, tying this full circle to where you were mentioning with the nutrient density and the vegan recovery, oh, Yes, I think that, you know, that's the part of bone broth as well, that snout to tail philosophy concept of, you know, incorporating the backs and the necks and the feet. And yes. I think that that's really the best way to truly honor both the life of the animal, as well as really get the best bang for your buck in the world of sustainability, because we're using all of the edible pieces and pulling out as much nutrient density as we can. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm right there with you. It's absolutely why we do it. And um, both, like you said, honoring their life and creating the most nutrient dense product you can. And um, I think it's cool that it, it, it has this unique place and, and there's so many, you know, people on TikTok talking about transitioning from veganism and, and they're not ready for the steak. So, you know, they, they switch to bone broth and I think it has this really cool, very approachable quality about it. Yes. And then eventually they do have to get in there and break down a chicken yeah, <laughs> as their homework. They do. They do. <laughs> of transition, I think. <laughs> they um, do. Let's, let's chat just a little bit as we wrap up um, how you get broth in your whole family. So you mentioned, you know, sipping on broth with your four-year-old in a mug. Um, what are the best ways that you like to bring it into the whole household and especially for children? Um, what are some things that listeners could benefit from knowing about? So there's a philosophical shift in our family where obviously we've got bone broth all the time, but my five-year-old came in today and he said, mommy, I had that donut for breakfast and I really need you to warm me up some bone broth because I'm just not feeling good. And that was such a like mom win because I don't want them to approach food from a fearful standpoint. Like, yes, if they want to have donuts for the first time, you know, in six months they can, but I love that education of like, I don't feel good after I have that mm -hmm. cause and effect. And yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And what I'm going to do to help that is to, and he literally brought me a jar and was like, can you warm this up for me? And so we really tried to think about, we call them as like body, body positives, body negatives, listening to our body, you know, is milk for me a body positive or a body negative, right? When I have steak, do I feel better? Do I feel, you know? And so we really try to teach that. Um, we, try, we just talk about it all the time. And it's, it's not an obsessive thing. It's just become like a language, right? Where they're starting to self-identify, man, you know, I don't really feel good after this, or I feel good after this. So practical tips for incorporating it. We start our day savory and we start our day with soup almost, I mean, a lot, like, I don't want to say all the time because there's the occasional sprouted cereal in there. Uh, we're busy people. But, you know, we, we, we do the soup all the time for breakfast. It's easy for me. It's easy for them. Even though, you know, I've gotten a lot of feedback from other moms. This is impossible. My kids will not eat soup for breakfast. It's the perfect time to, to introduce it to them because they've had a natural fast. They're hungry. Um, they will eat it, I promise. And, you know, if you don't think like a chicken noodle soup, we love to puree asparagus into the soup. I make a spinach and artichoke soup, again, pureed that they love to have. It's hearty. We serve it with some smoked salmon. Um, so soup is a great way to get it in, but you know, I've even encouraged people to put it in, in the sauce for macaroni and cheese, put it in, in the sauce, any sauce that you make. I put it in my marinara sauce. If we're making gumbo, if we're making, you know, any type of chili, it goes in there. Um, 
And then I put it in aioli, right? I put it in any in salsas. We'll do like a warm salsa with bone broth. So there's really cool things you can do with it, but also just sitting down and fond is a great one to do this with. They're approachable flavors. You know, we, we like to say we're so delicious. We're toddler approved. And of course, you know, my kids don't go for the spicy ones, but they do genuinely love the mushroom one. They love the lemon one. And we can kind of sit there and slow down and have this wellness moment together. So um, barbecue sauce is another good one. Of course, I'm thinking about all these things um, as I'm talking as well. But I think, you know, eating soup more as a family is obviously a great way to do it. Taking time to sip it. Our family doesn't do juice. Um, so it's also a nice one. You know, you were talking about the afternoon snack alley. That's one where it's great to like, Definitely. hey, can we have some tuna salad with some, you know, lettuce boats and, and some bone broth with it. I think another thing that um, I'm not expecting you to drink bone broth and not eat anything else. Bone broth is a great pre-digestive, right? To heal and seal the gut before you um, start eating. So those are some ideas. Love it. And with Stella, what we do is we just, now at almost six, six years old, she's fine doing it the, the same temperature of hot that we do, but we used to, when she was three and so forth, uh, just bring it, you know, like lukewarm, um, or yes. even room temperature. And then we would give her, um, a glass straw and that helped because I want, especially if she was ill and I wanted her to get, you know, six ounces of broth for five days in yes. a row or whatever my quota was for her food as medicine prescription straws help for sure. And then, you know, changing the temperature. And then I'll also link for listeners our bone broth popsicles, which I think is yeah. a great thing to have in the freezer during cold flu season. Uh, oh, you know, really so important good. for that electrolyte support. And then you get that soothing property. And we'll even do like just bone broth ice cubes um, in the household, which is a fun, easy thing. And then those can just be thrown into even like a water bottle, honestly. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. I love the straw. My kids are always more game if there's a yep. straw involved. Totally. I am too. And, uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> love it. Um, broth aside, what are maybe two or three other food as medicine staples in your household or, or things you make sure that you guys have daily? We do a lot of tea, even in the summer. So we do nettle tea, obviously seasonally, but even my kids, I just make a huge pot of it. We drink it in the summer. We do hibiscus um, tea. And it's something that you can easily like lightly sweeten with local raw honey, but also, um, you know, it's just, it's good to get that extra hydration. I find that um, getting my kids to drink water as much as I want them to is hard. And so putting it in any sort of tea, we do a lot of tea. Um, when we do any sort of like treat, so like if we do a hot chocolate at night, you know, we add collagen to it and we have like a little bit of reishi mushroom powder or whatever. And so um, I'm a big fan of, um, of using mushrooms as well. Um, I know that not everyone can do it um, either for digestive or fungal issues, but I'm, I'm really enjoying cooking with those uh, really for the first time. And then also adding them. Um, I were also just big, so cliche, but we're big steakers. I mean, we love just grilled local steak, Allie and Becky or chimichurri sauce makes an appearance in our household all the love time. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we just, you know, we're, it's funny. We're, we're meat eaters with, um, we try to balance it, but we definitely love getting that protein quota for the day too. So, so grounding um, for the kids too. <laughs> give them the protein. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, it makes a huge, huge difference. So awesome. All right. Um, before we let you go, just want to kind of open the floor of where people can get connected and, or learn more about fond and then any like thing you want to leave listeners with as like goals or vision of the company and where things are going. Yeah. So um, you can find us at funbonebroth.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. I am not one of those founders that's like aloof. And so I definitely pop into the Facebook group. I ask questions. I'm around if you want to ask me a question. Same with the Instagram stories. I'm in there um, very frequently, if not daily, just posting what's going on in my house and what I'm sipping today. Um, would love to connect with you there. And as far as where the company is going, you know, People are busy and I understand that. Fawn 
is continually um, developing products that are nutrient dense, but also convenient. And so I'm really excited about the innovation that we're going to bring in the next couple of years. And I'll be sure to follow up with you guys so that you know when the product launches happen. Oh yes, right. please, please, please. <laughs> we're already on that list. making eyes and trying to get. <laughs> we're like, what could it be? Beef came out. What could be next? Um, let's wrap. This has been so much fun, Elisa. Um, and we've so enjoyed the conversation. Let's wrap just with your 24 hour recall. So give listeners an idea of like what you eat in a day. Um, yesterday was Sunday. So from the time you woke up to the time that you went to bed, what you ate. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I, <laughs> I feel like it's so cliche, but I, I start my day off with bone broth. So I'm making 14 ounces of bone broth with, with about two ounces of coconut milk. Um, right now I'm really loving curry powder. So I'm putting like a splash of curry powder in there. Um, an organic harissa that I like to just give it a little bit of a kick. And then I do that, um, for lunch, I had beef fajitas with avocado, with guac, um, and then a really nice mango salsa. Um, and then for dinner, I, man, I have to think about what I did yesterday. Um, we were driving home from Houston. So when we got home, I warmed up a little bit of, um, one of my favorite things to do with fond is kind of like a pumpkin spice latte, but in bone breath. So liquid light with like two like scoops of pumpkin in it. And then just like a splash of raw local honey. So ended my day a little sweet there, but it was definitely good and full of collagen and also easy when you're traveling, you know? Yeah. Ooh, I bet that'd be good with a splash of coconut milk too. I was just mm-hmm. thinking of that. I was like, Hmm, <laughs> I'm on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the naturally nourished podcast. We will be sure to put all the links together and I'm sure our audience will really appreciate this conversation. And y'all know that you can all go over to fondbonebroth.com slash Allie Miller RD. And when you use that code, you can save on your shipping as well as a discount on the bottles. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the naturally nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.